Watch you seek. Watch you seek? Watch you seek. What a strange, mysterious <laughs> thing you're saying. I'd shut like up. to know more. Just shut up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we had this conversation already, and I wasn't recording Autumn's track, so it was a one-sided conversation. It only went on for like three minutes, but yeah. then I said, oops, now we need to recreate the whole thing. I really felt like I could do it, but then it just kept sounding so fake. Well, because of the way it started with me saying, watch you seek, which is a mm -hmm. message board where people write about watches, real nerdy stuff. And I was uh, on there. I created an account because I'm looking for a rare watch. Only 50 pieces were ever created, Autumn. Wow. They were created for a Japanese department store. And so, and so I posted today on the message board, not today, I posted previously on the message boards and said, Hey, I'm looking for this watch. And then the scammers came out in full force. So you would have loved yeah. it. Yeah. And who did you channel? I channeled my inner bodega Kip, which is the guy you like who fucks around with the scammers, Kip bodega. And I mean, one of these people reached out and said, I have the watch. I'll sell it to you. And I said, cool, send me some pictures. And he sent me pictures that were pulled from an old Reddit posting. And because I'd scoured the internet already, like obsessively, disgustingly, I went to, here's what I did at some point, because I'm looking for this watch and I know it was sold in Japan. I went to Tokyo on Google Maps and typed in watch store. And then I clicked <gasps> on every watch store I could find's website. Uh, and I translated the page. And I did a search. Wow, that's a lot. Are you you're spending a lot of time doing this? I'm sick. I have a sickness. I have to obsess nah, over something. You know something. what I think it is? It's like hunting. You know, that's that's what you like to do. You know what you should maybe look into is like finding vintage things for people, like as a service, maybe. Possibly. I maybe you should get into that line of work. I don't know how to set that up. You have to promote yourself and sell yourself. But anyway, I think it's just a replacement. I need, it up, I need to obsess over something. So if it's not going to be anxiety, it may as well be this. But anyway, this guy sent me these pictures. And because I had come across that Reddit posting where the person was selling this watch previously and then also right. marked it as sold, you know, months <laughs> ago, I knew that this was bullshit. But I, it, it's not that exciting. It didn't turn into this exciting thing. But the exchange went something like this. I got one of those texting apps because I didn't want the person to have my real number. Yeah, to get WhatsApp. Oh no, uh, text, like Google Voice. Text free. You just download it and it gives you a number. So he sent me these pictures, and then he says, "There you go. The case seems to be in original, unpolished condition, and everything works as it should. Great. Loom is very nice as shown. Overall, the watch is in excellent condition. I'm asking three thousand dollars shipped. Where are you located?" I said, "Thanks. I'm in Brooklyn. Where are you? I'm in Oregon." Would you want when it did you know that it was, you, did you recognize it immediately because of that Reddit post? Yeah, because of the pictures. Right, I just okay. wanted to see where it would go. Yeah. Would you want it shipped? And I said, would you be willing to drop the price to 2500 And yes, I'd like it shipped. It's a stupid question. Do you want it shipped? No, I want to buy it and I want you to keep it. <laughs> and then he says, I can accept $2,500. I'll be kind enough for that. I'll oh, ship. that that wording already sounds <laughs> suspicious. Well, we already knew it's fake because of the pictures yeah, that yeah. were stolen. I'll ship via FedEx if that's fine by you. 
Okay, sounds good. What are the next steps? I can commence the necessary shipping arrangements now oh. and ship tomorrow morning. I'll need your shipping address. And then I gave a fake address to the old... I can commence. Yeah, to the old bodega that I used to go to. I gave that address. <laughs> I don't know All why. Right. I don't Fun. know why. That's a safe address to give. And then he said, got it. Make payment via Zelle. My Zelle is outlaw underscore Denise at yahoo.com. Denise outlaw. <laughs> which is wow which is ridiculous in its own right you uh -huh. can split payment due to zell limitations keep me posted once it's sent so i'll proceed and then i said how can i be sure you'll send the watch i'm not completely comfortable sending without having the piece already in the mail i'm a reputable seller i've made several sales with no issue so be rest assured and then he sent me a link to the watch you seek page where someone said this person's a wonderful seller. And it was an account that was created three days ago. <laughs> it has oh, no other no. posts. Yeah. And that, that, that name was Cod Gals. And I said, well, Cod Gals is a new account. So their word doesn't mean much. And considering the pics you sent were lifted directly from a Reddit <gasps> poster selling the watch 271 days ago, there's not much assured resting on my end. And then I sent a link to the posting and he said, yes, I did posted it on Reddit. And then I said, no, another poster, another user posted it on Reddit and already sold the watch. I reached out to him and asked if there was any affiliation with you. I didn't do that. I lied. Yeah. He confirmed there was not. So it is my belief that you lifted those photos and tried to pass them off as a watch you own when you don't. The information has also been shared with Watch You Seek as well as Zell and the FBI ICC with your attached email address of outlaw underscore Denise at yahoo.com. And they did you do those things really? I did report it. Not to the FBI, obviously, but. That that message board is actually pretty on top of things. I did report them, and then like immediately they banned him, and sent out a message to everyone he contacted, telling oh, them. Oh, that's cool. And then I did contact Zell and gave them that address. Uh, I did not contact the FBI ICC. Yeah. <laughs> but now, if you were Kit Boga, you maybe would have kept him on the line a lot longer, and like gotten a bank account out of him somehow like getting that zell account you know yeah i could have done more uh he just wrote back okay and that was it <laughs> i mean oh did i tell you the the secret um secret language amongst the scammers no well, i have to look it up you have to look it up well it's here on my uh in my messages Hold on one second. You know, the strange thing about buying a watch from a, a user on a message board is the process probably wouldn't be much different than that. You have to put a lot of trust into it. And I don't know if I like that if you're going to send $1,200. I guess there are a bunch of people who, well, I did look into this. I read, so what these scammers also try to do is they mm -hmm. do phishing where they send yeah. you know, reputable sellers emails that say, hey, we updated security on the site. You need to re-log in. And then they send them a link. And it's pretty obvious, I think. But if you're not paying attention, you know, obvious by the URL. Like, it's some weird name if you were right. looking at that. But apparently recently, one of these sellers who's well-known and trusted fell for it. And they got this person's account. And they lured someone in to, to buy a $45,000 Rolex. And the person <gasps> sent them money. No. Yeah. Not that much. Probably just like a deposit. I think, I don't know. I don't know. They said that they got scammed out of $45,000. Oh, 
Wow. So, and because they were trusting of, you know, the person's history. So yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, something I really want to partake in. Okay. So the thing that you say back to someone who you suspect is a scammer is alaye, A-L-A-Y-E. And it's supposed to be like, it means something in, you know, some uh, language. Uh, I don't know what which language it is. Yeah, maybe. I can't. I, I looked it up before and I actually had it on my tabs here <laughs> for uh, like for at least two or three weeks that we've been recording and I, it just never came up. <laughs> but this time I didn't have it. You know, the um, official language of Nigeria is English. Is it really? Yeah, there's no such language as Nigerian. Other major languages spoken include Hausa, Yoruba, Igbo. Yoruba, that's what Alaye is, is Aruba. So, um, yeah, it just means like... Um, like an important person, I think, or something like that. Anyway, so it's it's the thing that you say to the person who you suspect might that you might be deal. Like if you're a scammer, you might say it to somebody um, that you might suspect is a scammer also so that neither of you waste your time. And then you also say, oh, gun kill you. O-G-U-N. And then kill you. Oh, gun kill you is... Oh, it's kind of like, um, it's like, it's sort of supposed to be like a curse. <laughs> so I, I talked to one person and I knew immediately they were a scammer because the first thing that they always ask you is like, where are you from? So I just wrote a lie and <laughs> they wrote back like, oh, are you a boss? I was like, yeah. What are you looking for? You know, <laughs> and then he was telling me like, I, I could, he was, it didn't feel like he was, it's funny, they're, like their their communication skills really break down when you have when they are um, steered away from their script, you know, of like the normal back and forth of a sort of scamming transaction. So if you start talking to them, actually, it's really difficult to communicate with them. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you looking for? And I couldn't understand what he was saying. Um, and then uh I was saying like not a lot of luck here, but ba ba ba, and then he wrote a gun kill you. He said he wrote piss off, oh gun kill you. <laughs> so you looked it up. Yeah. He cursed you. He cursed. This same voodoo shit. Baby, be calm. I'm trying to help you financially. I know you. I know you struggling, and I'm freaking out right now because I'm scared to ask for this last one, baby. Try and send. It okay. Once you send the money, your payment will be completed instantly. Now, love, and I will never do anything to hurt you. Love, mommy loves you. Everything is a fucking scam. I can't believe it. Really that, is. You know, in Ukraine, yeah, you could donate money, and there's people who immediately just copied. They spoofed the the official page where you could donate money, and mm -hmm. you know that gets blasted out, and people don't do their research, and they feel good that they're sending money. I wonder how much actually went to the pockets of these scammers. Hopefully uh, Kip Bodega is proud. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ. Hi. Hello. So we're gonna, uh, we're gonna move into a topic. I don't know. I'm trying to decide if I should bring this up. The the conversation we just had, if we should bring it up in the official recording or not. Um, Which part of the conversation? 
about trusting me or the thing I'm not talking about? <laughs> no, not the thing you're not talking about because you said you didn't want to talk about it. So I'm not going to bring up a thing that you don't want to talk about, though. I wish you would bring it up because then it would be a one topic exclusive and people would come. They would flock. They would mm. flock to the episode to hear what it was and then ultimately be disappointed with what it is because it's not that big of a deal. It's an interesting thing, but. You know, yeah. if, you, if you present something, it's a secret that you don't really want to talk about. And the right. only way that <laughs> you can hear extra it is extra interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, never lives yeah. up to the expectation. I think that's ultimately what happened with uh, that one episode. That's still our most listened to episode. Eric's episode didn't beat out the one episode where you came back after we didn't do several episodes together. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but I, I wonder if that one disappointed people like, oh. That's it. Oh, they're just back. <laughs> well, it really should be like the episodes after that that you should listen to because there's lots of like tension and weird things to pick up on. I don't know if people like feeling uncomfortable. So maybe, you know, those aren't the best to sell. But anyway, what I was going they to would, th- Those would be the ones that interest me the most. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, because you would sit there and analyze them. You would pick them mm-hmm. apart. And you would, you know, a lot of people just listen. And they get a feeling. And if that feeling like right. people have already been saying what that we shouldn't not that we fight on the show at all anyway, but someone said we should stop fighting. Yeah, like bickering, maybe. Well, but then, you know, Fuxi, I think, was the one that was like, I like it. It's interesting. Yeah. Conflict. Conflict is well, and it's honest is all, you know, it, that's the thing. We can't if we're going to be if we're going to present this show uh, in an honest way, then it's not always going to be. um perfect our relationship isn't always going to run super smoothly just the way it is true well uh, i was going to the other thing i well the thing i was going to bring up not the other thing the thing the other thing's the thing that i'm not going to bring up but the thing i was going to bring up ties into this because uh maybe it counts as us bickering or you know fits into that category because you had a topic that you wanted to present you text to me, usually I'll ask you a question or I'll question it altogether. Yeah. Or I'll say, hey, you have somewhere to go with this. And then you get angry that I question you. You say, why are you doing this? Why don't you trust me? And yeah, then, because when you have a topic that you bring up, I don't ask you those same questions. I know. And we've talked through this before and I've established mm-hmm. it's because I'm usually a little more prepared than you. And you say, no, that's not fair. That How dare you? I didn't you, say any. I didn't say, how dare you? You stab me in the back. <laughs> And then you lick the knife. Mm-hmm. I feel betrayed. Yeah. And then so this week you sent me the topic and I did. I said, OK, I just let it go. And I was trusting you. And then before we started recording, I asked what we were going to talk about in regards to the topic. And you said, I don't really know. I don't know where I'm going to go with I it. I did not say that. I, say, said. I don't really know. You said you said, I don't know how no. much I have to say what I have to say about it. And then I, it, I did. Those are not the words at all. Okay, that what I were said. your words? I said, yeah. And then I said, um, I'm not sure where I'm going to go exactly. But I wanted to, uh, you know, I was going to bring it up. But the fact that you're concerned that I'm not going to, I don't know, have my shit together or something, then it's easy to be like, oh, oh here she goes. She doesn't know. You know, well, you're we'll already see. looking through that prism because you don't actually trust me. So it's fine. <laughs> Oh, that sounds shitty. That sounded really uh, passive aggressive. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> there is a complete lack of trust that does exist. So that's not, mm-hmm. it's not unfair to call out. Okay. So we're going to get into it though. 
and okay. the topic the topic that you have but that doesn't mean that you get to abandon me and like let me hang myself it 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 means like i need you to be with me and um i'm not like going to abandon good, you on a this good one podcast partner i feel like this know? is generic enough and something i have enough thoughts about probably that yeah. i could shift gears and carry the show if needed. Sometimes the topics are things that it's like, I don't know what to talk about. And if it, if you don't have an idea, then I, I have, then we're done. We hang ourselves, but okay. this is one that I can, I can carry the show if I need to. It's not, you never carry the show. I'm saying if I need to. Right. But you never, it's never like that. Because okay. That's I don't enough. abandon you. Okay. So what we got, what do you got? This is what I, this is what brought the topic to mind, which was, you know, that phrase that, you know, if you love what you do, then you never work a day in your life. Um, and then the, con so these, the, like I said, this is the string of thoughts that I had. That idea um, and how it sort of negates anybody's feeling of struggling with work, even if it is something you love. Do you know what I mean? It makes it so like, well, then if you, you say you love this job, but if you're, you know, not wanting to go in today or you're complaining about the job, I thought you loved it. Like, you know, you have no room to complain now, you know, and that felt like um, sort of a shitty sort of precedent or pressure to send to people. Um, well, it's a bullshit thing then, to say. I'll, yeah. let you, I'll let you finish setting it up. Um, and then I also was just thinking about um, it's really been sort of. Mm, not monetized, but sort of taken over the idea of, you know, what work is supposed to look like. You know, I think that the gap between what the like boomer generation um, considers like success in life typically has like uh, is work focused. Um, and then just like everything is stable, like keep everything, keep everything stable. Don't rock the boat. And just work for your entire life, you know, and that's successful. And the reality, I think, is just like what we were saying about like a, a real relationship between two people where it's not always calm seas. It's not always happy. It can't be always sad. But just but just having that mindset really makes it difficult to deal with reality on reality's terms. I was going to say that the the saying you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life mm -hmm. i think it's bullshit on several levels i get the sentiment behind it and if you are lucky enough to do what you want to be doing then sure your days are going to be probably more so better than having bad days they're, but they're going to be better than the person that hates their job but it's not the fucking you know, reality. It's not the reality. And no. most people, the high percentage of the population, 98% are people who aren't getting to do that. So they hear someone say that and they feel like mm -hmm. they're failing in some way or they're not living life the way they're supposed to. And, you know, that I have problems with. And <laughs> that I have problem. I, I put the S. It was just a pause in between. Just That's late. <laughs> problem with. You forgot your Russian accent. <laughs> and the other side of it is, I think once you're doing anything that you like and there's money involved, it becomes business. And when something becomes business, it takes away from that love because you have mm. to sacrifice at some point. I'm, uh, you know, it, what are some 
careers, maybe athletes, because the rules for playing a game are straightforward and the rules don't change. There's shit you have to deal with the business side of things outside of that, but your actual job and your performance, what you're paid to do is exactly what it's been and is going to be. That doesn't change. But even something like art or writing or anything creative, something, you know, I don't, I do feel like the creative stuff um, gets messed up when you start being quote successful at it or it's turning into a job. It's not as direct. Like there are rules to a game. Those rules are the rules you get on the field, you play the game to those rules. Mm -hmm. But because so much creativity is subjective, art is subjective people get involved at some point who want to influence the product because you can monetize it or you can Mm -hmm. make more money off of it. If you do this or you do that, or you compromise here or you change this. And if you were to ask me doing something that I loved and then I got in that world, I would hate that job more than anything else. Yeah. Even if it was something I didn't want to do. Like street sweeping, which doesn't even seem like a bad thing, honestly. If you get one of these street sweepers and you drive around, probably not a bad gig. You're alone. Oh, you mean those those like big trucks with the big yeah. su- um, sweepy things on the side? Yeah. Okay, I think like, I, it, like Mardi Gras? I think I would like that, actually. But I just used it. I pulled it out of my ass as a job that maybe someone wouldn't want to do. But I, you know, I realize it's not a good example. But ultimately, I think that I would hate my life more if I pursued something that I loved and then it got fucked up by business people and marketers and I would stay away, I wouldn't want to do it. So it loses, it loses the original reason as to why you were doing it. So I I don't know if you can actually do it as work and maintain that sentiment that comes with that saying, Mm. maybe some people can do it. I think, I think what in, in those situations you have to have someone who takes over all of that, right? Like you have to have a manager so that you can only focus on the original reason why you started it. But you're right because sometimes all that business stuff creeps in and then affects your art. Like, it's just like, it's just like, um, uh, like Wolfgang Puck, you know, uh, chef, I guess had some prestige, and then, you know, had a restaurant and I'm sure it was very lovely and, and interesting and different and whatever. And then it gets franchised and then it just gets like watered down to sort of like regular people's taste, not interesting anymore. And just like a factory. Yeah, he's somewhat removed at that point, though, I think. He licensed his name like Kate Spade. You know, she died. Yeah. Sadly, took her own life. But by that point, it had nothing to do with her company anymore. And I don't know if that contributed to it. I can't. I yeah, don't know why enough. did she? Did any, is that ever brought up? I don't know. Does I don't know. I don't know enough. So I won't speak yeah. to it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't. I, I, <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> I don't, I'm just trying to think of why I even brought up the fact that she killed herself. Because you're saying because. Uh, no, I don't need to draw any lines or create any, fill in any okay. blanks. I don't know. I could have just said that she wasn't associated with her company anymore. 
that's all. I could have left it at that. So with Wolfgang okay. Puck, I don't fucking know if he was, he's still probably cashing in and making a lot of money. Uh, I do think of. But it waters down his name. Do you know what I mean? So like, even if he had an, his own restaurant that wasn't called, you know, Wolfgang Pucks and it was called something else, you know, then I still would think, I'm not going to go to that place. Wolfgang Puck garbage, you know? I mean, it makes me think on a different scale. There was Grimaldi's Pizza in New York where Grimaldi actually owned it. I don't know his first name, but his name was Grimaldi. Tony. <laughs> now I have to look it up because I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, I bet you it's Tony. I don't think it's Tony. Or Joe. It was, Joseph. It was Patsy. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was Patsy Grimaldi. Oh, that's a man? Yeah, it was a man. Patsy. Why is that so strange? Patsy Klein. I just think of his, I think Patsy is a woman's name. Well, anyway, he had the pizza shop. People liked the pizza shop. He sold the pizza shop. People came in, bought the pizza shop. They said, wow, this is a well-known pizza shop in New York. Let's create a chain with it. <clears throat> and he hated it. He couldn't stand it. And so he opened up a new pizza shop next to his old pizza shop, which he then had nothing to do with. He sold his name. So he couldn't even call his new pizza shop oh. Grimaldi's because they'd bought their rights to it. So he opened a new pizza shop, Giuliana's, next to Grimaldi's to compete with it. And the sad thing is, I think enough people enough people do know and they'll go to Giuliana's. But if you walk past the two, a lot of times Grimaldi's has a longer line. And that's a shame because I think what they really want is Grimaldi's pizza. And maybe oh. they think they're getting it by going to Grimaldi's, but that's not what's happening. Could they all. put like under Giuliana's or whatever? Could they put the original Grimaldi? Grimaldi. Grimaldi. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Probably not. Maybe. But whatever it is, he went with Julia. But you know what? It's the fact that it is kind of uh, you have to know the story makes it a little bit, to me, more successful. Maybe the topic shouldn't be work and it should be like success. Well, whatever the topic you know? is. I don't know. I don't know what I'm Okay, whatever it is. Because, because the point is, like, it's difficult in the system that we're existing in, you know, to, to function when you want to shift your perception of success. Did we do a show on that before? See, now I'm, now I'm pausing and thinking. I have to look through our archives. I think we did careers. Instead of thinking about the thing I just said and maybe responding to that, well, maybe um, that would be cool if you did that. Well... I just wanted to make sure that we weren't repeating ourselves. I'm not abandoning you. I'm not abandoning. Say it again. No, I said it so well. We'll say it again. Remember. It's difficult to function in the system that's in place. If you as a person want to shift your perspective of success. Well, what are your feelings? What is what's bringing this on? In I your, think the, my in your feeling... actual life and your actual career and your work, you're 15 and you do 16 and a half hours a week if you count the three podcasts. Yeah. You got 16 and a half hours of work a week. Mm -hmm. And most people would say, wow, that's the kind of job that I would love. Being on the radio, doing a radio show. A hit radio show on a hit radio station. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I love my job. You know, I, I feel like the reason why I can focus on some things that that have to do with myself 
mental health, physical health, all of that stuff. I think that that I'm able to take the time to focus on that stuff because I don't work, you know, eight hours a day. Um, and I, it's not like, it's not like I have a solution that like nobody should have to work as much as they do, but it does suck for people that, you know, work a nine to five and then factor in commutes and then, you know, their kids have to be their you know, pickup schedule has to be figured out. And then like when daycares close or schools are closed, like how you have to navigate that doctor's appointments that aren't available when you're not working. And like, it's just so it, the system that's in place feels so inflexible. And I think another thing that reflects that is success has been shown through the pandemic with people working from home. And yet they're still saying you still have to come in. Well, companies some people are, still are saying that. I think a lot changed. I do think that a lot of companies aren't going to make people come back. Now, over time, are they slowly going to chip away at that? And at some point in the future, will we all be back in the office? Maybe. But I don't think there's any company right now that isn't at least doing the half, like three days. My out, company's two days not. In. There's really? no, there's no mandate for anyone to go back to the office with my company. Okay. Everyone can continue to work remote. If you want to go in, you can go in. Uh, at some point, there may be a few people, for whatever reason, who will have to go back in. But that's more or less because their job is harder to do remote. And I can't give you a specific example. But that's all I saw. It's well, like, maybe I would I would think like a computer uh, processing something might need a, a, a something in an office. You know? yeah, whatever it is. Like I, yeah. I, I don't think that everyone is being forced to go back to the office. It's pretty apparent here in the city because, you know, Midtown Manhattan, Manhattan in general, all of Manhattan, not just Midtown, but that's, you know, one of the business districts. Then you have downtown, the financial district. Um, Those were packed with people. A million people plus Mm -hmm. would come into the city during the day to work. And that hasn't happened. They're not back in any significant numbers. I was just reading about the regional rail you know, so people don't drive into the city from New Jersey or north of the city um, or Long Island. The numbers are still low on that. So, no, I don't think that a lot of people are being required to come back in. I think that the relationship I think, with... I think the opposite. I think a lot of people are. And I think there's a, there's a, you know, a percentage of those people that are lucky that their companies aren't doing that. I think a lot of companies are making people come back. I don't know if this depends on where you live. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. The politics, since the fucking a virus became a political thing <laughs> yeah you know maybe that has something to do with it are more people having to go back to the office in texas than in new york i don't know i can't speak to it i haven't seen any of the numbers but i'm just saying what i see and what i experience and no one's been pushed to go back okay. i think that it's been proven that you don't really need to work at the office though you know, working from home while nice, I like, I realize I like getting away. I like the separation a bit. So I would go to the office myself, not even really that often, but sometimes a couple times a week. Uh, I had this idea that I would do that every week. It hasn't come to light, but mm-hmm. having the separation, it's really nice going to the office because no one is there. There's very few people there. Um, See, I, that would bum me out. I do think that there's more meetings that need to happen because you have to check in with people. It's a little harder. It becomes a little more official to check in with people that you're working with. 
uh, to have a conversation. So you have to set something up. Whereas in the office, you could just walk up to them and have a quick conversation, which I can't stand. I don't like meetings. Um, yeah. So that's one of the things that changed. Um, but to your point, I don't, you know, if people, let's say people are being forced to go back, let's just take that approach. There is a gross relationship with work that Americans in particular have. I think the Japanese are probably worse off. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> because it's there's shame. There's so much shame tied to your career. And there's so much expectation that if your boss says, we're having drinks tonight and we're staying out to 3 a.m., you can't say no. Like You have to go do yeah. those things. You're a company man at that point. Uh, it's not as bad here though. There is this idea that work is what brings value to your life. And I think that's just a part of it. I, you know, maybe some people would like to sit around and do nothing. And if they did want to do that, who cares? Like this is, this is the first thing. There's such quick judgment for people who don't want to work. If a person doesn't want to work now, I know, I understand the other side of it is, you know, people say, well, they expect you know, benefits to come from the government and that way they can lay around and do nothing and they just don't want to put in any effort. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that if someone doesn't want to work and they can figure out a way to navigate their life not working, I don't feel a need to judge them for it. Uh, I have certainly felt the pressures in the past of career being part of my identity, especially when I was switching careers at 30, which is one of the reasons 30 sucked for me so much, is I was switching careers, getting out of radio. I guess getting into video, I wasn't sure yet. And I was doing the shit for that Gary Knoll, oh, holistic uh, quack doctor guy. What was he injecting in his blood? Uh, ozone. Garlic. Ozone. ozone. <laughs> A gas. Injecting gas into his blood and other people's. They, they would show up at his office. He had no certificate to do that. I don't know any doctor has a certificate to inject ozone. What is ozone? It's a gas. It's O3. It's the uh, found in the atmosphere and apparently has antiseptic properties. Okay. Um, but I was filming this documentary. This guy did a shitload of documentaries and they were all weird. And I asked for my name not to be in the credits. Um, but one of them was about this, the healing properties of ozone. And we went into this doctor's oh. office and I was filming it and the doctor said, please don't get my face or my name or anything that can identify me. I'm actually a podiatrist and I shouldn't be doing this. So I was like, my God, wow. what, what am I involved? The fact that he would admit it. Yeah. What am I involved with here? Yeah. Um, nice. You know, and so you socialize with people and they're like, what do you do? And it's like, I, it's like uh. the fact that that's a question too. I, I understand that when you don't know a person that well, it's yeah, an easy you thing. Make small talk. I know, but there are other things to make small talk about, but, we put so much emphasis on work. Like, what do you do? And quite often the person doesn't care. They just want to tell you what they do because they think that they <laughs> do something cool. And I Ew. don't, I wonder if people think that about me. Cause I do ask that question because I just think like, I don't know, you make conversation, but I don't want to tell people what I do. Really. I want to tell people I'm an accountant. <laughs> that's how I felt when I was, you know, at 99 X. Really? And what do you do? Yeah. yeah it feels braggy and then still people will say like oh so well, especially here because they don't you know they don't there's no reason for them to know me um they'll be like oh so you're like a celebrity and depending on how many drinks i've had i'll be like yeah i guess and the other times like no I'm not 
Well, it's funny because you get the opposite reaction. I was living in hipster Atlanta at the time. And uh -huh. uh, when it would come up and I would begrudgingly uh, say what I did because I was trying, because I know, I, I, I know what you're saying. It can feel braggy and I didn't mm -hmm. want it to be that at all. Uh, no. quite often I was met with 99 fuck 99 X fucking sucks now. Or, oh, I, or man, you're like, he's like, or I don't listen to the radio. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, uh, there seemed to be a need to knock me down a peg yeah, uh -huh. for whatever reason. And I can get that. I understand it. I've partaken in such behavior before when someone is coming off as cocky. It's like, I don't want to give them the thing that I think there's they want. There's no way anybody thought you were being cocky. I, I sure. Unless they were threatened by you or something, especially maybe, maybe because you're a guy. And if you were telling another guy that like, they felt threatened you're like they're like oh, oh yeah well uh, uh, my dick's bigger you know <laughs> yeah maybe it was something like that yeah but there was this weird shame i know surrounding it it wasn't shame for what yeah, i was I doing i don't yeah i don't like feeling that and so i try not to shy away from saying it you know, like i don't tell people i'm an accountant you know um i do tell people what i do because i don't want to be ashamed of it and it's not that i'm ashamed because I do love what I do. And if people didn't react, I probably would like enjoy telling them more. But it, it and I understand the reaction. Like, of course, like if I if I wasn't in radio, I'd be like, oh, cool. Like, tell me about that. But I don't know, like sometimes my dad introduces me to like old friends of his. Like, she's a radio star. This, oh, here's Autumn. Like, she's a radio star. And I'm like, uh, I. Yeah, but it means a lot to him. He used to listen to WSB in Atlanta. You said you listened to it as a kid. I assume a lot of that was in the car. Probably with no, your... it was like it was in my, <laughs> was in my room. <laughs> oh, who introduced it to you? I just have always liked talking. Yeah, on the radio, like I've always enjoyed hearing people talking. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've preferred that too over music radio. Yeah, but I did listen to Power ninety nine and like Star ninety four as a kid. Power. Yeah. Um, and then I got into like Z93. <laughs> 97X. For the, bah, the future of rock and roll. Yeah. 99X was cool for a while. 97X. Bam. The future of rock and roll. I didn't like that morning show. 97X. Bam. <laughs> the future of rock and roll. It's from a movie. Do you know what movie that's from? Name it. Um, 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 that Howard Stern movie? No. Rain Man. They're driving, oh. they're driving and there's a promo that comes on the radio and he just repeats it over and over, which is something that I do. And sometimes I think maybe I'm on the spectrum somewhere. Um, I would not be shocked if you were. <laughs> no, I say that not as a joke. I think okay. that possibly where somehow. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe because I'm not, I mean, I don't, maybe don't, I don't, I might not do it as much as you or the same way or something, but I do like to repeat things. Or like repeat the sound of things. Like um, if I'm vacuuming, I find the note with it and then I harmonize with it or the microwave sound or. Yeah. I also think these things are much more common than we ever thought. Yeah. And the internet has brought special. that. Yeah. The internet's brought that to light and then people get, yeah. you know, retweeted or whatever the yeah. hell it is in TikTok. Hit the plus button if you do this too. I mean, it works. That's why these little things that you think you're the only person who does it. Aren't I quirky? Well, that's like that joke about like girls. Right? The no like, one's quirky. Like, 
They all do it. Oh my God. I am such a nerd. Like I played Nintendo as a kid. Like I'm such a nerd though. Maybe not. Oh. So anyway, yes, you said 99X you liked for a bit and then you didn't like. The funny thing is I never really listened to 99X. I didn't want to go to 99X because it was a station. Like I was, we were both right there in the heyday of it and the right age, maybe a little young early on being nine years old when it well it when it first started when 9x first started it wasn't as alternative as it ended up being it started kind of like mellow when did 9x start i even remember the history of the station 1994 i feel or was it it might have been 94 92 94 uh, I should know this. How dare I not remember yeah. the prestigious history? Wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it on the test when you uh, when they uh, when you applied for the job? Well, I said nine years old because I was thinking 1991 because in my mind that's around when grunge started getting big. Uh, so we're nine years old at that point. So maybe a little young, but you know that station was important uh, mm-hmm. as far as rock radio went, and you know I guess the life was relatively short, really. Because everything became so fractured so quickly. But I didn't get into radio for music. And, you know, you saying that you liked talk radio. That's not, yeah, I like talk radio too. I didn't want to do music. And that's probably what pissed a lot of these people I worked with off because they loved the music so much. Mm-hmm. They're like, I just want to be there and I just want to play the albums and I want to interview the bands. It's like, I want nothing to do with any of that. Ew, I know. You know what I would want? I think what pissed me off more about doing music radio was that I didn't get to pick the songs. Like If I was going to play music, I would want it to be like Autumn is the special guest and she's going to pick like her favorite shit. Like that, that like celebrity or uh, musician guest people do on like Sirius XM. You know, like they'll have their station for a week or whatever. It's like Alanis Morissette plays her favorite songs. <laughs> yeah, but doing that. That's what I would do. But doing that every night, for the most part, really wouldn't work if people were just putting their personal tastes out there. I get it. I understand why it's programmed. It's funny you say that. I do too. I'm just saying that's why I probably I'm not like interested in music radio. Yeah, I get it. Especially like, especially when you listen to Sirius and they're like, you know, they're telling you some weird anecdote that doesn't like only kind of has to do and it's like with whatever they've just played or whatever band they want to talk about and it's only because they have to fill that time like it was um you know steve van zant's birthday two months ago heard he had a great time in vegas (laughs) and he played born to run yeah to me i never it it always felt kind of sad it felt like fanboys who wanted to be in bands but couldn't do it so who am I thinking of? Um, uh, he uh, he he was in L.A. I think he hosted that metal show on MTV. Ricky Rackman. He was like the worst out of anybody. Such a like kiss ass fanboy like poser. I hated him. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? He had that like weird rockabilly. Look. I know who you're talking about. I just didn't pay attention to it. That's why. Oh, that's why was- I gave you that. Like half dead. Yeah. Because I well, didn't it, fucking care about any of the fucking music. Yeah. Yeah. I liked what I liked and I didn't get into it that way. Yeah. Uh, 1992. I should have known that was 99X's debut, October 26th. Somebody, somebody out there, a radio historian knew that. 
Okay. But anyway, that's how I felt. And so, you know, tying it into what we were talking about earlier and work, radio is what I wanted to do. And I was on a path that was, you know, the road to success at least. But at some point it got to a crossroads where it's either I have to sacrifice a bunch of stuff that I don't want to sacrifice because it's why I want to be in radio. So you get rid of the creativity Mm-hmm. or you leave. And I decided to leave. I didn't want to chase it anymore. So doing something, I guess the thing I loved was something that didn't really exist in my head. It existed doing radio it existed at least in a certain way. And obviously things aren't always going to pan out and don't ever pan out the way you think they're going to. There's always something that's going to be off, but it was so different than what I thought. And I had to battle so much. Uh, you know, it was good at first at 99X. It was good. I, I, th- I think back to our time at clear channel Yeah, when we were on the buzz, that was fine because they didn't give a shit. You know, oh, it was they, fine for what it was. Yeah. They left us alone because they didn't fucking care. No one was getting yeah. paid, but it was an opportunity to be on there and get some experience and uh, with minimal oversight. And I remember when some oversight would come in, I would get so angry. I would just, I still get like this, you know, when I'm editing, if I edit, I'm making the best edit possible. And then a client comes in with notes and they're stupid. Mm -hmm. They're the dumbest notes that you could ever imagine that completely goes against everything you would do to make a good edit. And I get so fucking pissed. Like it is probably out of line. I don't show it, but inside I am raging. I know it's, you have to, you have to distance yourself from the project it's not yours it's theirs and that's true in that instance it is their project they are paying for it it wasn't my thing i'm right. still getting angry so you can imagine how angry i get when it is my thing and somebody yeah. comes in <laughs> and tells you to change it uh you know doing what you love you never work a day in your life i don't know i have to work constantly to not lose my cool um yeah. and then radio that's what it was happening like at first it was cool because leslie fram was supportive and i've talked about this before and i mean it like we would have air checks which is when you sit down and you have to listen to yourself and it sucks because you're being critiqued in real time but she was always very supportive and was working with me to make what i was doing better and then cumulus came in and bought 99x and everything fucking changed she lost her power you got the suits who came in because Cumulus also had its headquarters in Atlanta. And then, you know, it was a battle from that point. They had this idea of what radio should be. And there was the music and you should shut up and let their predetermined playlist shine. And, you know, it wasn't fun. There was no, I thought I was doing what I loved, <laughs> but there wasn't much love. Well, you were sort of forced to do that but without the thing that you loved, which was the freedom to create a show that you wanted to make. Um, and it's a shame that it has to, that that kind of thing has to work within like the artistic or creative realm. Because otherwise, if, if, you, if you leave a job because you're unhappy with it and it's a corporate job or it's not, or it's a labor job or something where it's not a creative uh, thing, then you're selfish. You know, it's like, you have to do this because, and, and then, and then, like I said, the system that we're in is like, 
I'm almost 40 and I don't own a home. I know it's different for you because you live in New York where it's like renting is is also acceptable <laughs> any age. But when you're in the suburbs, you know, you're sort of expected to have a home. Yeah, and but you were just because I know what you're saying and I'm interrupting because I do get a little worked up over this. It was just this shit people were sold. This is this is the yeah. outline for success. And if you don't That's meet these, saying. if you don't meet this, you're not successful. You're not achieving the like, way you should be achieving. And and then if you try and change that, then you're, um, you, you can't, you can't do the things you want. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't, um, it's all right. All right. Well then you have no health insurance. Um, all of the bill, like all of your, um, student loans that you got, that you, that you just left a job that you don't like doing, you know, you got your college degree in don't ma doesn't matter anymore. Like that's piling up interest payments, like all these things that you've set up are now all in jeopardy and you have to then sacrifice your sanity or your mental health or you have to like overcompensate in some other thing where like people are like, oh, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> You know, like and like deify the weekends and it's, it's there exhausting. is backlash there's there's backlash and you know what they're calling the great resignation which i think is goofy i don't i don't like little cute names that are attached to things um and there's a lot of backlash against the great resignation against the backlash um because Wait, there's so there's backlash against the, the backlash, backlash because there's this idea that it's a bunch of younger people who are lazy and entitled right, and, I mean. and there is some of that. I'm not going to say that there's not, uh, I've gotten to the point in my career where, you know, I'm 40 and I'm a manager and you, you do have people who come in who expect to be paid. Like, look, I am all for paying people well and taking care of people. I'm not one of these people who says $28,000 a year. You need to figure out how to deal with it because I worked in radio for $16,000 a year. And sure, I wanted to do it. And there's the argument that that weeds people out and the people who really want to be around. But you know what happened? I did it and radio still was shit and it didn't turn out uh, the way that I wanted it to. And so what? Like, I don't I, I'm disappointed by that. Um but I don't sit here and whine about them and say, okay, well, I was like, okay, that's what happened. Um, mm -hmm. That aside though, like the, this idea that these, some of these kids come in and they expect things that are a bit ridiculous it, it, coming from a person who wants people to get paid well and wants work uh, to my approach to work is it's a contract that in, in that you're paid to do a job, do the job as well as you can. You take your money, you go home. I don't expect anything else out of a person. I don't need you to be a, a cheerleader for the company. I don't need undying right. loyalty yeah. for the company because I don't do that. And the guy, I view it as how I just presented it. So there are people coming from a person who doesn't think that people should have to come in and suffer at first and really pay their dues. Yes, there's paying some dues. It's just the way it works. And if you come in and you demand salaries that are on par with managers and people above, like you're out of line, I don't know what the hell's going on in your head. But the other side of it is I think you're talking about people buying houses and there's these things you're supposed to do. And I think there's a bunch of people who did all the things that they were supposed to do and they're still getting fucked over. Like things didn't yeah. go the way that they were told they was going to go. So what are you supposed to do at that point? Either you give up. You can whine, I guess, or you can say, fuck this. I'm going to change things. And I think a lot of people are saying, I'm fuck this. I'm going to change things. 
in the same way I approached radio. I'm not sitting here wallowing in it, but it's like, all right, I got to make a change. And so when you go to school and you get the you fucking have a generation of people that are like shitting on you for like, oh, you're selfish. Yeah, you're well, they, lazy. I, I know, no but work. because they bought into this idea of work being the end all be all, but they were still part of a generation where it did pan out that way for most people, even though most people hated their jobs. Most people spent their lives loyal to a company. Uh, granted, the company would give them more in the past. And they still should have never been completely loyal to a company. But, yeah. you know, you would get pensions. You had. Better- yeah, I think that that's I think that that was uh, that that was like the old time idea of what it meant to work at a company. And then the company just kind of stopped doing that. Yeah, you would get but better benefits idea- packages that so you would have reasons, incentives to stay. But the idea, yeah, this, the idea was still there that you had to be loyal and stay and, you know. And that's what I'm saying. So you oh, have, why, why are there so many? Why have you worked in so many different places? You know, stuff like that. You have people who go to school, rack up shitloads of debt, go get a job that pays them $28,000 a year because that's what you get when you first start. Like it is insane that I bring this up. This is real. When I came to New York and I worked at the radio station, I was on the air, granted, on the weekends, and there was a radio union here. I was part of AFTRA, which is now merged with SAG, but I had to join the union, and there was a a minimum rate that we would get for doing an air shift, which was $270, $275. And at the time, I thought, oh my God, this is amazing, because part-time radio in Atlanta is hourly and probably paid you $7 an hour, 10 yeah, at most. minimum wage. You know, and there were people at the station who were complaining about this. I was like, $270, this should be a skill. And so therefore you, and especially because you're also on the air, you should be all for this, that we all are getting taken care of and being paid well. Um, so I was lucky enough to have that income, but I took a promotions coordinator job. It paid me $28,000 a year. And if I didn't have the on-air stuff to supplement right. it, it's like someone else would have taken that job and had nothing. And I don't know how people survive on that. And obviously I guess you figure out a way to do it. Um, but it is pretty gross that that's what you're offering to a person expecting it to be full time. If it's part time, whatever that you're expected to work, not even 40 hours because the, the interview was, you know, this isn't a 40 hour a week job, but it's going to be more expected of you. It's like, what the fuck? How Wait, can you? It's not a forty hour a week job, but there's gonna be more expected. Meaning it's more than forty hours a week. Oh. You know, this isn't just a forty hour a week job. I guess I should have said to make it a bit more clear. Oh. You know, it's not just forty hours, it's gonna be more. And well then and it's like how do you expect someone to give you any good work when you're not offering them something? in return so yes. yeah and and you know pensions gone that's the thing they healthcare, do have the upper hand well healthcare is has been diminished and now we're in this world where people are brought on as freelancers but they're expected to work they're permalance so they're they're full-time employees but they're not full-time employees so they don't even get the benefits it's like what the fuck do you expect is going to happen with the workforce when you bring them in for shitty salaries and you don't offer them anything and you expect right. them to give you they're all it's unrealistic i think like i said i think that they uh, they the company at some point does have the upper hand because they could say like well hey i've got somebody you know i've got 10 people 
you know, waiting in line sure, for sure. your job. So. Sure, but they shouldn't be putting people in that spot in the first place. Yes, in New York City, $28,000, you don't want it? Fine, somebody else will. And yes, somebody else will take it because that's just the way things go. But you shouldn't even be playing that game in the first place. If you pay someone fairly and you just think about them and you make it known that you're thinking about them, you'd be amazed how much better work you get out of them. And yeah. so this idea that people are lazy or they're whiny or they're entitled. And again, that does exist. And maybe it exists more than it did in the past. I don't fucking know. I, in my mind, it probably is just on par. There's always those people. Um, but the whole thing isn't filled with people like that. And so to say that there's a whole generation of lazy people, it annoys me. And like you said, because you don't have a house. I get that. Yeah. I get why it's beneficial to buy a house. I get that you're putting your money in and in essence, you're really not throwing it away because you can sell the house and get all the money that you put into it back and hopefully more in the end. But right. because but also if, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say just because you're renting though, doesn't mean that you're failing in some way, especially right. with the housing market as it is right now. Well, yeah, especially right now, but it's also, it doesn't necessarily feel like a failure but it feels like it's something I should have by now. Um, and so, I mean, I, I was sort of interested in it. I was pushing myself to like buy a house. And at some point, you know, I was just like, okay, first of all, if I buy a house, I don't, I do not have the capital to fix something that goes sideways. The roof is fucked and the water heater breaks that's all going on a credit card because I don't have the savings to do it. That's I'm not the, in a position to do that. That's the thing I had with the house in Atlanta when I bought the house in Cabbage Town. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was going to sell it, move to New York, then 2008 happened and everything crashed and I couldn't get rid of the thing or at least I couldn't get rid of it for what I still owed on the mortgage, which was an interest-only mortgage and an 80-20 split with zero down. That's why there was the 20% mortgage to pay off the 20% down with the other loan. You know, it was gross. It was predatory. Um, I was making $38,000 a year. And wow. granted, the mortgage is one ninety two five, which, you know, now is cheap for Atlanta. If you could get a house yeah, in Cabbage really Town. Yeah, really cheap. <laughs> but they just, they're like, all right, here you go. You have no money. You have no savings. You have minimal credit. Not bad credit, but minimal. Uh, here, take this. Like, that's predatory. Granted, in the end, it was up to me to make the decision. And... Yeah. I still decided to do it, but I can still say it was gross on behalf of the banks and the mortgage companies, you know, making claims like that doesn't put me in a spot where I'm the victim and I had no say I was just as much at fault. But the fact that there were people out there knowing what they were doing and taking advantage of people like this is pretty disgusting. And I think that ties into the system overall. There is a level of it being rigged. Because people, again, did all the things they were supposed to do, and they're not reaping the benefits that people in the right. past were able to get. Things that would satisfy them to say, okay, well, I have to deal with this shitty thing, but I got this good thing out of it. Now it's like, I have to deal with this shitty thing, and I have to struggle outside of this, too. Right. And that's and real. I'll never, I'll never get to live the life that makes me actually happy. And then you lose the idea of what? makes you happy well, or you're always or you're always like putting it off until you retire yeah and then you're old then you're old or maybe you die there is value in productivity there is like it feels good to work i don't i don't 
deny Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Nobody. Yeah. I, I, this is the thing is that when you're dealing with, and listen, I'm not trying to be like ageist or age shaming, but when, when it just seems like this past generation, it seems that they get real stubborn. And I don't know if it's going to happen with every generation, um, if we're going to be stubborn at some point, but it just seems like your mind gets more and more closed as you get older. And it feels like if you bring up these things with anyone from that boomer sort of generation, whatever, like they, they put things in extremes. They'll say like, oh, well, you're lazy and you're this and you're that. And, and if you, if you try and make the argument you just did, they're, they're not going to let you get away with the thing you said, which was, um, I mean, I'm sure that this type of thing has happened. Like a lot of people do feel entitled, you know, want more, want to be lazy and don't want to work and blah, blah, blah. That's always going to be there, but they're not going to let you get away with that. They're going to say like, oh, so people should just be able to sit around and like, you know what I mean? Like they always go to these like extremes in their argument. And so it puts you in a position of saying like, no, I'm not saying that. There's, there's a, there's a, um, there's a spectrum of humanity and it seems like within that spectrum, right? There's going to be people that are going to, you know, take advantage of a company, you know, treating you like a human being. And they're going to take advantage of that, especially with like a manager or someone that might be inexperienced and might not have great boundaries and like let them get away with too much. And then there's going to be people on the way, the other side that, you know, expect you to, um, like you said, like, uh, uh, be loyal to the company, work more than, th than the 40 hours you're being paid for in your salary, all of that. And then there could just be the middle, you know, where we're dealing with people, they're working. We all understand it's a job. We're helpful to each other. Do you know what I mean? And it seems like the older generation can like not deal with the gray area, the in-betweens. It's always these extremes on either side in, in an argument. Yeah, I mean, that's the commentary of things in general, society as it exists right now. There is a bunch of middle ground that nobody seems to talk about. And because you know why? It's because it's not on social media. Because people who are just normal within that normal spectrum in the middle, sort sort of like left or right of the middle or the middle... They're not on Facebook barking at each other and saying stupid shit. I mean, know? and you saying this about the older generation, you know, there's probably a lot of people who don't feel that way. You just get the vocal ones who True. are representative of one side of it. And they, you know, they're looking at the other extreme. I'm not the kind of person who thinks that it's a workplace's responsibility to make sure I'm comfortable all the time and provide me with food and snacks. And I don't right. like, I don't view that. It's a very transactional, basic relationship. And don't present that kind of thing as like, we're not going to pay you what you're worth, but look at all these amenities. Like, get rid of the amenities. Pay me more. I'll bring my own amenities with the money you pay me. Well, yeah, some places don't want you to leave. Like Google, for right. example, never wants you to leave. They provide everything so you don't leave the campus. Yeah. You're just yeah. there at all times. You know, the going back to... to the, or like the, phony awards that you get. Ew. I remember, sorry, I remember really quick um, when I was teaching English as a second language, the company that ran the school, it was a, it was like a trade school, um, but it, it really, I think, pr was predatory uh, to foreigners because um, they would, they had their own loan system and 
they would get you in the school system on that loan. And even if you stopped going to the school, you still had to pay the loan back. Um, and it was real shitty anyway. So I did not. And like the guy, the two old white, like disgusting dudes that like one was like a redhead. I hate, ugh. he was like blonde. I don't know. He was just gross. I couldn't, I did not like him anyway. They were like, they would get us all together, all the teachers and the staff and they would give out these awards, you know, the, like these glass plaques, you know, <laughs> like people's names on them and like great best teacher. But I was like, get me out of here. I wanted to shoot myself in the head because like I don't need this I'm a I'm not gonna get it <laughs> because I grade my students fairly a lot of the people that won the awards and had like the best you know uh um corporate like um that like the the the, the upper people looked down on the best were the people that pushed students through whether they were good or not and I would get in trouble for having a certain percentage that was too high of people failing the class or getting lower grades in the class because I was like, look, I'm G I mean, I'm teaching them all the same. I'm trying my best with the students that are struggling, but you know, when they don't turn things in and stuff, I have to give them a zero. So what do you expect me to do? You want me to fluff the grades? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is that the only way that I'm going to like not get fired is by passing people that shouldn't be passing. There was one guy who went through to like the third <laughs> level and could not write his name in English. I got him in the first class. I failed him. And then when I was teaching by the third one, I was like, you still suck. I didn't say it. You still suck this much. How did you make it through one and two? He, sh he shouldn't have made it. But the students, the teachers pushed him through because that's what the company, like they didn't want to have the low percentage of people not, uh, uh, of people not passing. That's all a big thing in education right now as a whole. Is oh, I guess so. Yeah. And pushing kids through the school can't have, <laughs> Uh, like a certain failure rate that's going to look bad. They'll lose their funding. Like it's all ridiculous. The the game disservice. It is a disservice. And then you have the predatory aspect of this scumbaggery place you work. Yeah. Uh, of charging people loans and taking advantage of the fact that they're at a disadvantage because they can't speak English. And then uh, the awards. A lot of workplaces do the awards. I don't want them. I never want any. I either. I don't win them. Uh, they they hand out recognition and I've never been recognized. And sometimes I think, hey, why is no one recognizing me? But it's because you have to play a bit of a game and put yourself out there. And I don't feel a need to do any of that. No. Nor do I want to because it doesn't mean anything in the end. People like recognition. But if if you have to go out there and suck up and kiss ass and then you get it, then it doesn't mean anything nope. ultimately. And I was going to say, though, to tie it up and going back to your original statement of, you know, do something you love, you never work a day of your life. The third problem with that is that it's just tied to work as being your life. Like you hear that and work is outsized in the mind. I know I said this already, but it, it exists in a way that's to me unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be doing a job that I love. I need to like it enough. Because I don't want it to eat away. You don't at want me. to be miserable. No, I don't want it to you know? eat away at me all the time. And I have to like the people I work with because that goes a long way. You could do something that you don't necessarily like that much. But if you work with people that you enjoy, that can really help carry you. But I think having a job that is a job, you have a healthy understanding of how it fits into your life. 
and the people there express some kind of interest into your well-being, even if it's just asking. You doing all right? How are things? And they actually mean it. Not just you know, or like you, you say, I'm going to be, you know, I can't come in today. I got in a car accident. And the person's like, all right, you coming in tomorrow? You know what I mean? <laughs> Not like, oh, my God, are you OK? Yeah, there's this idea you know? that the job must be done. It's like The job, right. for the most part. Well, you got to call like I remember. I know this is like silly, but like restaurant work. If you're sick, if you're legitimately sick, then they're like, well, you got to you have to cover your shift. It's like, I'm fucking sick, bro. That yeah, should be the manager's job. Right. It sucks. You have to scramble. You have to find someone, but it shouldn't fall to you. I know that people abuse yeah. it, especially in jobs like that. They're probably calling. Oh, yeah. Sick I quite often. a lot. I'm not not really sick. when they're not. So maybe that's a deterrent for that. Yeah. But overall, I think that, 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 you know, do something you love. You never work a day in your life. How about you just do something that you're okay with and it represents 25% of your mental capacity and you fill the rest with other things that matter. And then this whole thing yes. goes out the window. It doesn't even matter. Yes. The necessary thing that you need to do, try and not make it your whole life. I, I, I do think that's what we're moving towards. I know I that so. you know the four day work week is something that people we know really shit on rail against. Even when I even when I revealed that it's not like those people are working eight hours in those no, days, there are, there are people days. no there are people who are still working just eight hour days or eliminating it eliminating a day in some places. Oh well, I think uh, I know that you I know guess a anecdotally. Place. I know yeah. <laughs> one place that is doing that, and they're working ten hours a day. And that may be happening at other places, but there are places yeah. that I know that they're getting rid of the fifth day. So what? Why is so that? What? Why is that a bad thing? If, they're, if they're the company and it works for them, then okay. As long as this, the work's getting done and everyone who's pushing the money around, because most of these jobs aren't actually anything that's needed for the world. It's just pushing money here. And then we're going to push the money over there. Then the money will be pushed here. A little bit, little bit will be pushed to your pocket, but not much. And then... You know, <laughs> as long as the money gets pushed around and everyone's happy, who cares how many days you work? And I think that's the biggest thing is changing the idea and the relationship that people have with work. It's not saying that people aren't going to work or expect handouts or anything like that. It's yeah. just giving people room to have other things in their lives, things that matter. Yes. And you probably as get better work out matter, of people. Yeah. Within their life as a human being who gets to be here once, you know, and, and I think, too, and again, I don't I don't mean to be shitting on older generation, but <laughs> it does feel like you are older yourself. You're middle aged now. But yes, I know. But I'm trying not to have a closed mind and I'm trying not to be afraid of things that are different. And I think it does feel like may, maybe maybe they were sold something, too, where it's like if things are steady then you just don't rock the boat. Don't do anything. And then that can be that can be beneficial. That can be a beneficial phrase to keep in mind. But then it also might mean like, don't ask for anything. Don't want for anything because then you're going to you're going to be disturbing the boat, you know. So for them, this change in in what seemed like the eight hour work week, nine to five, Monday through Friday, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday scaries because Monday's coming. You know, like all of that just felt like that's the status quo and we got to keep it the same. And when it's changing, then it's scary. 
and people are lazy and the people that want it to change are inherently bad or or like this generation is fill in the blank. I don't can't say I know the reasons. I, I agree with what everything you're saying about the change and the, I just refuse to be that the resistance you know I mean? to that. I, I agree yeah. with that. But overall, I don't understand why people get so wrapped up in it on either side. Yeah, it's like just this need to put all your energy and wrap your whole identity and being into trying to prove something to the other side, whatever. I don't have the, the energy. company that does not care about you. <laughs> I just, I don't have energy for it. I really yeah. do think as long as people are putting in the effort to be mindful and to grow as people understand how they fit into the world, self-awareness, uh, and are trying to push other people in directions that they don't necessarily want to go. Just let them exist and say, okay, yeah. you're in this spot. You know, as long as people are doing these things and keeping themselves, not hurting other people, I don't really fucking care what they do. Yeah. And if there's enough of them to make a big change and some kind of thing like work, so be it. That's the way it goes. The majority wins in this country. That's the way it's been. So I guess people don't like being in the minority too. This idea that, Oh no, I'm, I used to be in the side that, was the majority now it's the minority and maybe that's scary but whatever well, it is and then and then admitting that maybe you want to change your mind would show that you were wrong or it would sort of like yeah make that's the problem and then that's scary too that's the problem with science is these scientists like science ultimately will win out but you've got these scientists who dedicate their whole careers to this idea then some new hot shot comes in and says nah you're wrong look at this theory it disproves everything and then those scientists go on the defensive and like no no i'm gonna discredit what you did because you're discrediting my whole life uh whatever what are we gonna say wrap it up thanks everybody uh please like and subscribe tell your friends rate and review i just say this at the end because that's what people say at the end of podcasts uh, and please support our sponsor, hoffandpepper.com. You can get 15% off some great hot sauce. Uh, they are on Hot Ones. If you want to go watch Hot Ones on YouTube, you can watch uh, celebrities try their hot sauce. They've signed up for another season, so and they're producing a new sauce, so you go check that out soon. Um, use their, our code one topic 15 for 15% off. I think I said that already. Hoffandpepper.com. And that's it. Thanks. Bye, Greg. Bye. Autumn.